There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, Curtis. I hear you teach AP Biology. What can you tell me about sarin? Hey, Teddy. Uh, for those of you out there, that is an interesting question to start with. So if anyone... <laughs> If anyone opens a conversation with that, you should probably be a little bit nervous. Uh, Teddy, have you ever had a leg cramp in the middle of the night? Yeah, and then you twitch and then you're like, ah, and then your mom comes and like holds it up for you. Super painful, right? Yeah. So that is basically what happens when you get sarin in your system. All of our muscles have this chemical called acetylcholine, and that makes our, our muscles clench up. And then we have this other chemical that we make to make our muscles relax. Mm. What sarin does is it makes it so that your muscles will never relax. <laughs> so once they, yeah, so once they clench up, it's kind of like having that cramp in the middle of the night. But it's your arms, your legs, your stomach, the muscle you use to breathe called your diaphragm, your eyes. Every muscle in your body just clinches up and it's super painful and it's super fast. Like when sarin gets in your system, it's just minutes and then you're dead. So you're and, forever, like you're, you're, you die, yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine when they found the bodies, it would be just like a massive, just, just rigor mortis. And the problem is with sarin is it's clear and it's invisible and odorless. So you don't see it coming at all. And so it's just this huge reaction. And the, and the medicine that you, they do have kind of an antidote, mm. but they hardly ever have it where they need to have it. So it's like by the time they get it to you, you'd be dead unless you got it in the hospital or something like that. So you wouldn't just have it at your like local community hospital or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. And, and it'd probably be too late by the time you got there. It'd be too late. Wait, how so fast it, do you die with sarin? I don't know exactly. But I would, I would think within minutes, like less than 10 minutes, mm. I think. But um, yeah, so it's just a horrible way to go. And then if you don't get a, a lot of it, you can survive. But, you know, you might be have issues coming in your life. Like you just, stre you know, uh, PTSD. You may mm. just have other uh, memory loss, things like fatigue and neurological damage. Mm. And so as a weapon, it is... You know, most mostly banned in the world. Uh, there was a chemical weapons convention in 1993. However, we did see it in Syria. Uh, yeah. Fairly recently, yeah, in the 2010, 2013. And this kind of undetectable, but they were able to find traces of it. So I, I'm pretty sure that they used it in Syria. So it is mostly banned. But man, if they if it ever got mm -hmm. unleashed on a population, it, it would just be disaster. Now, Curtis, imagine you are a regular dude. You're a regular dude, yeah. And I'm a happy office lady. I, I commute. <laughs> You're on your way to work at like 8 a.m. Well, I'm on my way to work. Like, teachers, they start at like 6, 7. <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah, we're about no, 7.30, yeah. We're yeah. 
So you get there right before the peak of rush hour. So I think you might survive. I I am on the train at rush hour. Will I survive? Who knows? <laughs> so I'm on the MRT and you're on like the bat and like anyone in England is on the tube, so on, so forth. New York subway, whatever it is in your city. All right. You are squished in. Well, I get squished in and there's people all around you and you're hoping for a seat, but no luck. Maybe, maybe you're a bit like me where somebody sometimes offers you a pregnancy seat and you just take it anyway you're just like nah i i i yeah you know what thank you so much oh then you hold his stomach <laughs> but you're not a man somehow he manages to walk into the cabin and he's carrying two plastic bags and they're both wrapped in newspaper and you're like oh those are just newspapers it's just a newspaper Exactly. And then he drops the bag onto the cabin floor. So you're like, ah, a litter bag. But it's not the end of the world. I mean, it's kind of shitty, but okay, fine. And then he stabs his, his newspaper with his umbrella a few times. What's and you're like, what's he doing? Why is he doing that? And then at the next stop, he just he just walks out. And then people around you start collapsing. They're just they're just dropping like flies within, within minutes, wasn't it, Curtis? It's 20th March 1995, and this is the Tokyo subway siren attack. Hi, I'm Teddy. And I'm Curtis. And welcome to A Briefcase. Today we have the privilege of a very special guest, Curtis, the charming host from the Infatuation Podcast. Am I saying that right? Yeah, you got it. Every week, Curtis and his friends, they chat with amazing Asian creators like myself, of course. And he's also had guests like the talented guitarist Ricky Lee and Miss San Francisco 2022, Katrin Liang. Hi, Teddy. Everyone got to shoot your shot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, thanks for coming on my show. I guess it's only fair that I come on your show. Right, and today with Curtis, who also happens, did I mention he was a biology teacher? Bi- biology teacher, so he knows everything. Um, we are looking at Om Shinrikyo, a Japanese doomsday cult that carried out two different sarin terrorist attacks the 1994 Matsumoto sarin attack and the 1995 Tokyo subway sarin attack. When we look at Om Shinrikyo, we have to start with its founder, Shoko Asahara. So Shoko Asahara was born Chizuo Matsumoto, which is a much less cool name. (laughs) And he was born on 2nd March 1955. He was born in the Kumamoto Prefecture and Shoko's family was very large and poor. And they made the dummy mats for a living. Now Shoko was born with something called infantile glaucoma and because of that he couldn't see from most of his right eye and he couldn't see from his left eye at all so he was partially blind and he went to a special school for the blind where he was you guessed it a bully he was a bully (laughs) i I, i'm not sure how you do it but like he would beat up other students i guess he has just enough vision yeah that one eye to be able to bully the kids that are totally blind yeah no i'm like at first i was like but how you don't even know where they are how do you go after them shapes yeah Yeah. and he would take their money and then i didn't notice but like i i think blind people um they they fold their money so they can tell the denominations 
Yeah, so even though he sounds really terrible and he should have gotten like suspension or something, in my opinion, he graduates in 1977. And he continues studying in traditional Chinese medicine and acupuncture. And he's a busy boy. He even gets married in 1978. And this is when he was about 23. I think that was a bit more normal then to get、yeah. married so young. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Cadiz, when did you get married? Oh, I was 34. Oh, okay. That's more, more my, more, my modern, normal,、right、more modern. I was like <laughs> covering all these cases in the 70s and 80s and like got married at 19. And I'm like, whoa,、yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> it took, took me a while to figure it out. <laughs> so he had six children, which I think is a ton, especially if like.、Yeah. You're like partially blind. How, how no, are you gonna?、Yeah. No, I'm not、uh. giving him an excuse for being a terrorist or anything, but I only have two kids.、Mm-hmm. And man, yeah, I could, I could see six kids breaking this guy. All right. So, you know, you, you know he, he breaks a little bit, dies a little bit inside. <laughs> <laughs> but in 1981, he gets caught for dealing unregulated drugs and being a pharmacist without a license. So,、okay. I don't know if he was dealing like illegal ibuprofen <laughs> under the table or if he was like full on heroin or fentanyl. But, like, well, he was doing something. And he gets a 200,000 yen fine. And at first, I was like, damn. But actually, this is only about 3,000 Singapore do- dollars today, which is about maybe like 2,000, 2,005 American dollars. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not sure if this was the trigger or the six kids was the trigger. <laughs> <laughs> But around then, he gets into religion and. Not just one particular religion. I think today we'll call it more like spiritualism. He starts with Chinese astrology, Taoism, and then he just ends up studying them all yoga, meditation, esoteric Buddhism, esoteric Christianity. So, not like Buddhism and Christianity, but like esoteric versions yeah, of that. The edges of it, yeah. Yeah. And in 1984, he forms Am Shinsen no Kai. Like, honestly, as a modern person, I would be like, excuse me, what? It's called <laughs> Arm Immortal Mountain Wizard Association, which is very dubious, but also sounds like a great DD group. Yeah. It sounds pretty, pretty nerdy. Yeah. No, yeah. Also very cool. <laughs> yeah. So he, he has his wizard association. But from my understanding, it started out as a yoga meditation class run out of、okay. his one bedroom apartment <laughs> in the Tokyo Shibuya area. Which is,、okay. I, I, I hope his kids weren't living in that one bedroom because you have a meditation <laughs> yoga class on, on, in that one bedroom and you have six kids、yeah. and the mom and the other. Eight people, yeah.、Oof. Oh, and so it grows and grows surprisingly, even though it's just one bedroom apartment. <laughs> <laughs> and in 1987,、uh, Shoko is 32, and then he changes his name from Chizuo Matsumoto to Shoko Asahara for marketing purposes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so in addition to renaming himself, he also renames this group with a whole rebrand. He's called Am Shinrikyo. And in 1989, he registers it as a religious corporation. And surprise, surprise,、um, it was. 
approved by the Tokyo Metropolitan Order. Oh, and I'm not sure if it happens in Japan, but I'm sure he gets like tax exemptions, right? Religions. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really... So now, you know, whenever there's a cult, they have to have like a whole deal. It's never just a cult, you know? Are you tired of true crime? Do you want a happy ending for a change? There's this new podcast that I've been listening to. It's called How I Met You, an Asian podcast about love. And every Monday, they release episodes where couples share how they meet, their biggest arguments, and their less than perfect proposals, just like this snippet. I think that was the first time in our relationship that I questioned whether or not fundamentally we wanted the same thing. I felt like this person doesn't understand what's important to me. I value so much my personal time and space and I value so much that even as we continue in this relationship that I don't lose my sense of self. And he could not understand why. I guess this boils back to her original conversation we had about her previous boyfriend that she started to be very reliant on him and then she lost her sense of herself. I myself realised I need to find like outside of Jean what is important to me what do I want because if one day which I hope the day never comes when Jean is not around like what do I do then if you want to check them out link to their podcast is in the description so let's talk a bit about Shoko and um, Shinriko in 1992 when he was 37 he publishes a text called Declaring Myself Christ which is yeah <laughs> it's just a bit of a big declaration huh? And his goal was to go around and pick up everyone else's sins. And he said that there were conspiracies everywhere. He was pointing fingers at everyone. Freemasons, Dutch people. Why, why go after the Dutch? But he does. He goes after the Dutch. And the British royal family. Was it... it, it this was like pre-Megan, pre-Camilla. This was like, I think, Diana's time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, you gotta go after other Japanese Japanese religions because yours is the legit one. Yeah, everything else is fake. <laughs> so I I was on Reddit and I found this anime recruitment video, and it was like full on nineties anime. Apparently, it was voiced by him, and his voice was like mellow. I'm gonna say I'm gonna admit it. He would have been a great podcaster. His voice yeah, was mellow. Okay. And there was a manga. And I couldn't understand it, but like the first half, I, I watched the whole 10, 20 minutes of it. First half, he was floating and then his his friends were chanting and then he was like full of light. I, I don't know. I don't know, man. That's yeah. high production value. So Curtis, digression, do you know who Belle Delphine is? I do not know. Belle Delphine. Yeah, so she was, um, I think, one of the largest content creators and OnlyFans earners in... She was like a massive deal in 2019, 2020, 2021. Yeah, I think now she just like makes OnlyFans videos and the porn. Yeah, but she got really famous for selling her bath water. And she marketed it as Game of Girl Bath Water. It's like, it's like, hey, Game of Boys, come get your Game of Girl Bath Water. It sold for 30, I think, 30 American dollars a pop. 
Yeah. Okay. And I think she made something like two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars off that. What yes. are you doing, Teddy? We're in the wrong business. And we are in the wrong business because Shoko also sold his bath water to followers. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, so damn. Everybody's selling their bath water. And this is a doomsday cult, right, Curtis? So you have to have a doomsday prophecy if you want to be a doomsday cult. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah, so he said that there would be a third world war, which would lead to a nuclear Armageddon. And the Armageddon wasn't a bad thing. The human race, we need we need Armageddon for human cleansing, for relief, whatever that meant. So now you're a bit like, this seems kind of dubious, right? You should... If you are in that cult, you should back away from that cult like right now. But no, so Shoko, he wrote books, but he for some reason managed to finagle himself. TV spots, magazine covers, lecture meetings at universities. Conducted was he a good looking guy? Was he character? No, he was. So the thing is that like, okay, objectively, I don't think he was good looking. He, he was kind of shaggy. He was a... Uh, slightly larger a bit chunkier shaggy and his followers so you're like oh if you're a cult then the followers are kind of probably a bit more blur a little bit more fluffy you know they're fluffy people like phoebe from friends okay that's yeah. that's how you imagine cult followers right. no but a lot of them were well educated well spoken and at one point his his little cult was considered in japan religion for the elite yeah good marketing and, the rebrand the rebrand did it the rebrand yeah <laughs> so his recruits included a senior medical doctor like a like a actual doctor the head of circulatory medicine in the national sanitarium hospital in tokai people with phds masters in physics applied physics very educated people and a lot of their recruitment, they, they didn't focus on the doomsday thing. They focused on curing disease, illnesses, achieving life goals. They put all the nice things in front. Yes. Yeah. I think people are always looking for stuff, you know? Like, yeah. It doesn't matter how many degrees or how much money you have. There's always kind of a void in your, your soul. <laughs> don't bring up the happen. void in your soul, because oh, I don't like to think about the void in my soul. <laughs> well, we all fill it. We all fill it with something. <laughs> all right so i think his recruitment sounded pretty legit i would have been like before the doomsday thing i would have been like yeah makes sense it was focusing on important things instead of frivolity like leisure but today we know that burnout is a real thing they focus a lot on self-help but according to some sources once you are in once you are in a cult they would start to do culty things like um use lsd and their yoga is like yoga I've never heard of before. Okay, I thought hot yoga was very intense. Their yoga was like being hung upside down and given shock therapy. <laughs> like, bzz, bzz. Okay. Okay. All right. And the thing is that they didn't just go from nothing to carrying out one of the largest terrorist attacks in Japan. From the late 1980s, there were already allegations of some very, very shady behavior. Lying to recruits, forcing people to donate money. Oh, it sounds like other religions. Oh, mm -hmm. <laughs> all right. And allegedly, very rumored, speculatively, murdering cult members who tried to leave, including one in 1989. 
and it said that they went for people who were very critical of them. So they went after an anti-cult lawyer. Alright, now this is an extra shady thing that happened. So there's a lawyer called Tsutsumi Sakamoto and he was an anti-cult lawyer which I didn't even know was a specialization you could get into. Alright, so he was threatening a lawsuit against Aum Shinriko and he had an interview with a large national broadcasting station and if you know anything about Japanese media, you'll have heard of TBS. And so TBS did not protect their witness. They actually took the interview and showed it to Aum Shinriko. <laughs> Which is, I, I'm just like, can wow. journalists do that? I thought you're supposed to be like anonymous until. <sighs> Alright. Did they give him his address too? And, uh... I don't know, but they found it because a month later, Susumi, his wife, and his kid, and his kid, the cult went after the kid, they went missing. And after 1995, they were found dead, murdered, killed. Their bodies were just dumped in separate locations by the cult. They didn't just go after Tsutsumi Sakamoto, they also attacked a lot of other people. Heads of Buddhist sects like Soko Gakkai and the Institute for Research in Human Happiness. Why would you go after human happiness? Yeah. <sighs> alright, and there was a cartoonist, alright? So, like, just in the past few years, it feels like being a cartoonist is a very dangerous job. <laughs> <laughs> so they went after Yoshinori Kobayashi and he made satire cartoons and there was an assassination attempt in 1993 but bless him he escaped and he's still around 68 years old. His birthday is August 31st. I, I almost was going to be like big Leo energy but <laughs> I think it crosses over already. Crosses yeah. But this wouldn't be the worst thing that um, Shinriko did. Thanks for being on the show, Curtis. Of course, anytime. Alright, everybody. Join us next week where we dive into um, Shinriko's biochemical attacks. The Tokyo subway sarin attack was not the only one. What happened to Shoko Asahara? What happened to the cult afterwards? Are they still active today? And also joining us next week is Curtis. And remember to watch the Infatuation Podcast. Catch the Infatuation Podcast. Available on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, really anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also find him on Instagram at the Infatuation Podcast. Alright, yeah, thanks Teddy. Alright, and as always, find us on Instagram at a briefcase podcast and online at a briefcase podcast.com. And remember for part two, join us next week for another briefcase. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods. For 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/style for free shipping and 365-day returns.